First Peter chapter 4. Now let's read verses 7 and 8 together. <clears throat> 7 and 8. First Peter chapter 4, are you there? First Peter chapter 4. Alright. Verses 7 and 8, reading. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. May God bless the reading of his word. Now let us all turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you seeking once again your thorough cleansing and washing of all our sins. Father, we ask that you would help us to understand your word tonight, apply it to our own lives. For Lord, without your word we would fall into sin, we will live wrongly as strangers and pilgrims on this earth, we will fail you, we will not bring glory to your name. So Father, we pray that, Lord, whatever age we may be, we would pay attention, learn your word, for it applies to each one of us as we live here as strangers and pilgrims. Be with the facilitators, Lord, may you feed your children tonight in thy house. Lord, grant to us attentiveness of heart, build up our faith, our living, for your glory's sake. For we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so very quickly, now last week we learned, but the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Is it at hand? We always think, well, no. How long more? You know, since Peter wrote this, well, thousand over years, two thousand years have passed. Nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. How can it be the end? Do you remember why the Bible always say, and the apostles always say, the end is near, the Lord is coming. Why? Why is it like that? Caitlin, do you remember? But it's so far away. Hasn't happened yet. Alright, very good. In comparison with eternity. In comparison with eternity, this time, from the time the Lord, we meet the Lord, compared to eternity, it's nothing. It's almost like here. You know, um, last week, I, or this week, I watched um, a, a science video um, on YouTube about the universe. About the universe. And scientists don't even know um, how big the universe is. Alright? And there are galaxies beyond ours. And we hardly even understand our own galaxy. And, and then when they expand and expand, they say, well, you know, this is what we imagine the universe to be. Imagine. And then finally, they come when, as they expand out, and they say, where is Earth? Where is the Earth? And um, so many dots on the screen. And then they zoom in one little tiny little dot there. That is Earth. That is where we live. That is where we think is so great. Everything is so big. Everything is so, um, um, so precious. But in the scheme of the universe, even they say we are nothing. Right? So, is the Bible wrong to say the Lord is coming? Yes, of course. When we, is the Bible wrong? Of course not. When we, the Christian, now the key lesson last week is this. Christian, you must always think in that terms. It's just like the moment you think we are nothing, we are just a speck in this whole universe. Nothing on this earth is worth it. Once you think our time on earth compared to eternity is nothing. Alright? We will live very differently, right? Now, strangers and pilgrims must always live like that, in the perspective that time on earth is very, very short. Then you will make full use of a stranger's and pilgrim's life, spiritually, all right? So that is the first part. Then, therefore, be sober. Be sober. That is, now don't, 
don't think in a silly way, right? Remember, you said don't be, don't be crazy, right? The word sober means your mind must think sanely, carefully, clearly. It is insane for a Christian when you realize that our time on earth is so short compared to eternity. He said, think sanely, think logically, think, um, think um, wisely. Think wisely. Well, it also means be in control, right? So the Christian must think wisely means since eternity is so long and I am here for such a short time, then I must control my desires on earth. I must um, exercise um, um, self-discipline on earth, okay? So anything that you can think of in this world that you love, that you would think that is so important to you, maybe I, I ask, Jillian, what, do you th- what is so important to the people of the world? Money, money right? Money, right? Will you need money in eternity? No. Um, Jemima, what else does uh, unbelievers feel is so important? Fame. Fame, popularity, be famous, all right? Be well known. So they study, they work, and to be famous, I want to be the CEO of the company. Well, so to some, they want to be very famous. I don't know. Um, um, famous speakers, famous um, actors, famous performers, whatever, right? They think it is, it is so worth it. Hazel, what else? What else? Covered all three, right? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All covered. That is why it's so important. But it is just a speck in time. So now, remember last week I said one very important phrase must be on your lips. Nicole, if you don't manage to get something, last week you asked me, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God first? Then we discussed and we realized that what it means is, well, anything that will hinder my spiritual walk, anything that, is, that will draw me away from God, I must put it aside and seek God first, right? I'd rather give those things up. Now, Nicole, what happens if your university lecturer says, Nicole, you know, I can, uh, I'll let you stay back to do your PhD, all right? And I'll pay for everything the university say that, okay? But then after that, you must um, um, do this project for us. And the project is something that is sinful, that a Christian should not be involved in, right? Maybe, for example, um, IVF, that kind of thing. So the person says, I'll pay for everything, Nicole, right? Even your accommodations, your food, and everything. You will lose this whole opportunity. What will you say? No. You will say no, all right? Then you, then you go back and your, your parents say, your sisters, your, your relatives say, you wasted a big chance. You, you threw this all away. You, you could have gotten it. What's this phrase we would say? So? So what? Right? In our heart, so what? You know, sometimes in your heart, you say, oh, I could have gotten it. I could have been that. I could have been this. I could have been that. If only I did not keep coming to Friday Bible studies. I didn't bother about worshipping on the Lord on Sundays. I, I put all, if I put these things first, I could have been. But so what? So what if I don't have it? In eternity, this is nothing. Remember that little dot we drew in eternity? You know, however famous you are on earth, whatever you have on earth, <laughs> it means nothing, nothing, totally, absolutely nothing. So what? If I missed it, so that I can draw closer to God. These things are for eternal use, right? Okay, so that is how the strangers and pilgrims must think. So what if I don't have it? Think of anything that you love so much today, 
then think of eternity. Then when if you have to, I'm not saying you cannot have anything, but you, if you have to give it up so that you grow spiritually. If you have the opportunity to go to the most prestigious school in the US, but if you, go, if you went there, you know there is no sound church there. Then you just finish your university in University of whatever in U UWA, right? UWA. UWA is quite, quite well known, is it? Quite big deal, isn't it? Okay, I thought WA was backwater, right? UWA. UWA instead of Harvard, instead of um, um, Cambridge in the UK, instead of all this, UWA. Maybe UWA is famous. Uh. I don't know what the university I shall not mention just in case the university students get insulted. Right? Whatever you do. Then you say, so what? So what? My time spent here learning in a place where there's a sound church and grow spiritually and can serve God. All those come for eternity. Right? You are a Harvard graduate. In, in eternity, it means nothing. You wasted all your time as a student. Now, I'm not saying you cannot study in good schools. But you have to evaluate against eternity all right so this is what god said think be sober don't be crazy don't think stupidly all right now then it says another thing and watch on to prayer so the two things that the, the 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 apostle reminds us because time on earth in comparison to eternity is really nothing all right nothing so short even short is the is the wrong word and they say be sober so think rightly all right don't be stupid don't throw, your, don't throw things away on earth. And at Bema Seed, you have nothing. Then the other one is watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer. Why must we watch unto prayer? Once you know that time is so short, why must you watch unto prayer? What does it mean? What do you think? All right, we'll cover that at camp. Right? Because in camp, we are going to have eight messages on prayer, on watching and praying. All right? For those of you who are unable to attend, when the camp is over, well, you can, um, you can follow um, the, the series. But, so we'll cover that when we go to camp. But now I want to move to the next verse first, alright? So one of the things you must do as a stranger and pilgrim is what? Watch and pray, alright? Watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer. That is what you must do as a stranger and pilgrim. Think rightly and then watch in prayer. What is it we learn in camp? Now, then we move to question number, uh, verse 8. Let's read verse 8 together. Let's read verse 8 together. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Alright, so now we must learn this verse. Now it's very important for us to know this verse well. Now, the young ones, the very young ones over here. Now please, when you read this verse, does it interest you? Maybe ask Grace first, alright? Your, 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 Grace, does it interest you? Ah, I want to learn about this verse. Not really. <laughs> right, she's honest. What were you, Elisha? Are you excited? Not really as well. You know, verses like that. Well, and above all, have fervent charity among yourselves. Ah, all these things are for adults, right? What about you? No. Find what? I find with any verse. You find what? I can't hear you. I'm fine about learning. Oh, I'm fine about learning any verse. Alright, any verse, as long as there, I'm happy to learn. But are you excited? <laughs> That's my question, right? Now, so, I just want to say this before we start, alright? You may think, ah, oh, this kind of verses are for regen people, alright? 
we, we, has, we are young people. Now, it doesn't apply to us. And even if I learn it, I'm uh, not that excited. Now, now, this is about fervent charity among yourselves. Charity covers a multi- cov- shall cover the multitude of sin. Now, let me ask you. Do you argue at home? Ah, here. As, as sisters? Ever argue? Of course, right? The ad- adults, all right? As, as husband and wives. Are there frictions? Yes, correct? Well, the university students, do you have um, friction at home with siblings? Occasionally, you still have it, right? And with friends in school? Now, what about with people in church? Okay? So, who don't have siblings? Okay? Who don't have... You still live with parents, right? Who don't... Who live alone at home have no relatives, no one? Okay, but you still have relatives. All right, then who don't meet anyone at work and in church? We all will meet someone. We all will live with someone. All right, even you live alone, you go out, you still meet friends, you still work with people, you still come to church. Now, all of us, all of us will experience problems in life in terms of friendships and relationship. Agreed? Alright? So you must not think, alright, grace, you must not think, well, this verse is no use for me. Right? Because this verse will help you. Anyone, alright, the young ones, it will help you to get along with people. How you should think as a what is this, what is this about stranger and pilgrim? You are a stranger and pilgrim on earth. This is one of the things that you must learn. Alright? So I want to set that in your heart first. Okay? Elisha. You're so mild, you know. Ever had any arguments with Phoebe? Yes, really? Wow. You see, even Phoebe has that. Uh, Elisha has that. Okay, so, such a mild person. Now, what is it about? So, question number one. Now, what does charity covering a multitude of sins mean? What does charity covering a multitude of sins mean? Alright, maybe for some of you, you may not understand the word charity yet. Now, the word charity is, is the same word that is often translated as love. L-O-V-E, love. Alright, the Greek word agape. Alright, charity, agape. Now, sometimes the Bible translates it as love. Sometimes it translates it as charity. But it means love. Love, alright? So, love covers a multitude of sin. Now, what does it mean? What do you think it means? Okay, so now I, I continue, all right? So, Nicola Vas. Now, we come to uh, CP. What do you think it means? For me, I think it also includes a lot of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Love covers a multitude of sin, includes forgiveness. Okay, so forgive in what cases? Okay, so when someone offends you, someone does something personally against you, alright? So, CP thinks it's about forgiving the person. That is why it's cover a multitude of sins, isn't it? Okay, the person sinned against you, alright? Anyone sinned against you before? Yes, alright? So, to forgive. That, yes, it definitely means that, alright? So, it includes that. So, you can write down, to forgive those who, who sin against you. So when you forgive, well, in a sense, you cover the sin, all right? Forgive. Well, forgiveness, okay? 
Now, what else can it mean? Um, next, Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette. To encourage each other. What do you mean? Because this is about covering multitude of sin. How does encourage each other come in? Encourage each other to walk on the right path and not sin. I, I don't get you because this is about you, it's supposed to be you forgive sin, then why do you talk about encourage each other not to sin? You, you'll be tempted to sin by the world. But this is about offence against you, right? Also, you're talking about even some, some other sins. Some other sins, not against you. This verse includes that. Is that what you're saying? Ah, what do you think? Next person, Justin. Because most of us read this is, Phoebe insulted me. Phoebe said that my hair is not nice. Then I'm very angry at Phoebe, right? But I forgive Phoebe. Huh? So most people read this, but now you're saying it's about someone has sinned and then you help them not to sin. Ah, Justin, what do you think? <laughs> you believe so as well? So you agree? Okay. Alright, last one. What about Joshua? What do you think it means? It can include that. It can include that. Right, it can include that. Now, actually, it is very important to realize it includes that. Okay, what includes what? Now, this verse is not about just, just simply about someone offend you and then you forgive the person, alright, so you don't mention the sin, so alright, the sin is covered. It is more than that. Love covers a multitude of sin has to do with helping someone, alright, helping someone to get right with God. That is why it's called covers a multitude of sin. Alright, help someone to get right with God. It must include that. Alright? Now, we'll come to that a bit more. But let me link it back again. Now, um, uh, when you forgive someone, is that is that is that um, all you should do as a Christian. Um, what do you think? Next. Right? Joshua offended you. Right? Um, and then you forgive him. Do you think as a Christian that is sufficient? Is, is good enough? Um, something that you should aim for? Or should you aim for something more? Something more, all right. But the question is, what more? Right? Then ask your brother, JB, what more? Someone offended you in church, all right? Someone um, 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 sinned against you. Someone, maybe, for example, someone stole your handphone. Then you look very mad now, right? You're quite mad. Then you say, ah, anyway, I, I forgive the person. Is that useful? Is forgiving the person? Useful? Just forgiving the person useful? Mm, not really. Why? It doesn't change their like, attitude. Like you just let them off. Right, very good. Right, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the person. Now this covering a multitude of sin is not simply meaning you say, I forgive you. And then that's it. God wants us as Christians 
to understand forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is to help the person. Well, you can, you can forgive the person, but you must help the person get right with God. All right? You are concerned about the person's relationship with God. So, when God says, love, charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, for example, if you think of unbelievers, how does this help in the case of unbelievers? Enoch. You have a friend who is, a, who is an unbeliever, all right? And he, he doesn't believe in God, he rejects God, and then it means he's going to hell, correct? He will die and God will have to judge him and he will have to spend eternity in hell. Now, how do you relate this verse to love covers a multitude of sin? What can you do to cover his multitude of sin? Preach the gospel to him. But so what? He, he received the gospel. How does it cover a multitude of sin? <coughs> mm-hmm. And then what will happen? God will? God will call, forgive his sins, right? So when we preach the gospel, this is what it is. Out of love, we share the gospel with them. Alright? And then they come to know the truth. And then they believe in God. And then they ask God for forgiveness. And then they repent. And then God forgives them. Alright? So a multitude of sin is covered. So that is an example for unbelievers. Now, for the believers, it is also the same. The same. So now I come back to here, right? Um, Isaac, right? So, um, for example, how, how do you help someone? So is forgiving, is just forgiving enough? No, you must help someone to... to um, to repent of the sin, to come back to God and get right with God, right? So can you give an example? So maybe, alright, someone stole your stole your pen. Alright, tell them to give it back and then explain to them why it is a sin about stealing. Why sin is a stealing. Why, why stealing is a sin, right? And then what else would you do? Right? Help them to get right with God. Do what is right. Return you the pen so that, you know, um, it's not just about you getting the pen back. It's not just about forgiving. Right? It's so that the person will ask God for forgiveness and repent. Correct? So those are examples. Examples. Now, so the Christian must realize this is not just about I forgive you. It is about, I forgive you, and I need to think of how to help you. I'm worried. I'm concerned about your relationship with God, your, your fellowship with God. Okay? It's more than just, I forgive you. Hence, God says, charity cover, shall cover a multitude of sin. God did not just say, forgive your brethren, and that is all. Here, God says, now, do something. Now, why is it called charity? Because we need to do something. Alright? We need to do something. Charity emphasizes actions. Right? Love, more about the emotions. So here, the Bible translators are very good. They use the word charity. Charity. There are actions involved in how we respond when people offend us. Okay? Now, but, um, but I want to focus on offenses first. When people offend you. Alright? When people offend you. Um, now, God says we must exercise charity when people offend you, when people sin against you, when people do something or say something that makes you, that insulted you, that, that bullied you, or, or you know, 
sin against you, did something wrong against you. Now, what are some of the actions we can do? Don't talk about helping yet. Huh? What are some of the actions we are supposed to show? Forgiveness, for example, right? Forgiveness. So now we come to um, brothers and sisters that both are wearing brown jacket. Wow, looks so loving as a united brother and sisters. Even the jackets are the same color. All right. Have, do you all get into arguments? Yes. Um, does your sister ever make you uh, did some, do something wrong to you? Wow, this is the time to say yes, right? Now, when she does that, and then um, she comes and says sorry, all right? What should you do? Accept the apology. Accept the apology. Okay, very good. So that's, that's sometimes the easy part. But then a week later, all right? A week later, then you remember that she did that to you. How would, what would you do? Do you understand my question? You don't? Alright, so next week, then you remember, oh, actually the more I think of it, uh, she was not very nice to me. Although you say forgive, alright? And you forgive, but oh, she's not very nice. Should you hold a grudge? No, alright? Now, one of the things, as we live with people, Will there be offences? There will be. Alright? Will there be frictions? There will be. Yes, do we forgive? Christians, we do forgive. Alright? We should forgive. So make sure you forgive. But one of the things that you must remember is after you forgive. Now, the, the attitude of the Christian is don't hold grudges. Alright? Don't hold grudges. Enoch, do you hold grudges against Anna? You sure? <laughs> Say again. Oh, she holds grudges against you. Do you hold grudges against him? Oh, no, tonight there will be a lot of quarrel. You see, these are our things, right? Now, we must never hold grudges. Now, one of the things about forgive, being forgiving, do you argue at home? Do you get into trouble with each other at home? Now, one of the attitudes we have, it must be always, now, don't take offences easily. Don't take offences easily. This is what it is. Char someone who is charitable, now, he's not always trying to find, well, you offended me in this, you offended me in that. But he's always feeling that, well, I'm, 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 I'm a forgiving person. I want to forgive, alright? So, don't take offences easily. Now, one of the things is this. Um, do people offend us intentionally? Yes. Now, the worst is, we imagine people offend us. Alright? So, don't be someone that keep um, feeling very offended, especially when there's no offense it intended. Now, um, maybe I'll ask, uh, oh, next, Ryan. Now, do sometimes people, do your friends tease you, all right? And sometimes when they tease you, do they say something that you may not quite like? Yeah, sometimes it happens, right? Sometimes it happens. Now, are you going to hold a grudge? Now, this verse is teaching us, don't be someone that holds a grudge like that. Now, some people are very sensitive. Alright, very sensitive, then they hold a grudge, then they always remember and they, they feel offended all the time, and then they don't talk much to the person anymore. Alright, Christians are not supposed to be like that. Be forgiving and then move on. Alright, be forgiving and move on. Um, now, then the next one. Um, what do you think a person who is charitable and don't hold grudges and is willing to forgive now, do you think he is someone who is um, nitpicking? You know what is nitpicking? 
Well, I don't know what other word to use now suddenly. Nitpicking. Uh, Cornelius, what's nitpicking? You don't know what it means? Or girls will know. What does it nitpicking mean? Um, when you look at like, every single insignificant detail. Ah, okay, very good. When you look at every single insignificant detail, alright? A little, you just keep picking at everything, alright? How the person looks at you, how the person um, responds to you, how will the person speak with you? Are you like that at home? Now, God says Christians shouldn't be like that. Now, actually, Christian siblings must never be like that, alright? So, God says as Christians, we must, we must be people who um, have charity that covers a multitude of sin. Don't nitpick. Now, it's having a critical spirit, alright? You're very critical and you're always finding fault with people that they are, they are, they are um, offending you. Now, don't be like that. Now, actually, I think, um, maybe I ask siblings, right? Does the boys at home irritate you more? Girls, do you think so? Or oh, you don't have brothers, so you don't know. I seem to seem, seem to say that, right? Or oh, there's like two brothers, right? People seem to think, oh, you know, my brother, he just irritates me to no end. You know, are you like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I act like I am. Now, sometimes people are not so refined, you know, refined. Okay? Boys are boys, alright? Guys are just very straight and we're not very refined. We should not be. We should be refined, alright? We should be Christians with good character. Um, girls are a bit more careful, more refined, <laughs> more demure, uh, more, more aware of things. Boys just be boys, alright? You do whatever you do, comes to your mind and it irritates. Is it true? They're not say, right? It tends to be like that, alright? If you're honest, it's like that. Now, how should we be? God says, girls, charity covers a multitude of sin. Right? Don't be someone that always take all these things to heart and get very irritated. Now, God says, don't be such a person. That is not how God wants us to be. Now, neither boys are saying, oh, 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 now I'm going to do everything, anything at home. Just throw the things around and then my sister has to pick up after me. Now, I also want to clarify. Eh? When God says, love covers, charity covers a multitude of sin, it doesn't mean then the other side of the Christian, the other person does whatever you want and test the charity. Let me test how charitable my sister is. Let me test how charitable the other person is. And you test their patience. You are not supposed to do that, alright? This is not giving you the excuse, the license to be irritating, to be unrefined, to be careless in your speech, in your actions, alright? But, but people may be like that in school, at home. They may be like that, even in church. Now, I remember someone who said something. Um, the person said, you know, Pastor, this, this sister said this to me. I said, oh, you know, I was very offended. And then I was thinking, um, I said, well, when did the sister say this to you? A few years ago. <laughs> I said, wow, a few years ago? Now, can you see that these kind of things can happen in church? A few years ago. And I said, wow, okay. Now, actually, what the sister said is very common in our culture, all right? In, in, the, in the Cantonese culture, all right? In the Cantonese culture, it's very common for us to say certain things, and it's a joke. It's a joke, all right? But to the Australian, all right? To the Australian, it's like, wow, this is, how can you say that to me? How can you say that to me? But the sister was just teasing the person, just joking, all right? You know, so for example, the person was trying to speak, um, trying to speak in a certain, trying to speak Mandarin, all right? Uh, Aussie trying to speak Mandarin, right? Then, then, the, then the Chinese person, ah, uh, 
Okay, this is a colloquial translation. Uh, don't say better than say. Alright? Means it's better that you don't say it than to say it. But it's a joke. It's a very common joke where we used to tease one another. But the sister took offense for years. For years, I have to explain. No, this is a very common teasing statement. That is all. Now, what about you? Is there anyone in church? Or your sibling? Or your friends in school that have said something and then you've held it in your heart? God say charity covers a multitude of sin. Don't be someone that holds on to grudges. Alright? Don't be a person like that. Now, you will, you will have a better testimony as brothers and sisters in your home, as people in church. Now, I shared this with the Regent people also. The first time I came to Australia, um, when I was working, my, my business usually takes me, my work usually takes me to Sydney, right? So I was with Sydney, the group of my um, colleagues and all that. Then they kept, they kept teasing me the whole night. And I was like, wow, this is quite offended. I felt quite offended. This is the first time I'm meeting my colleagues face to face. And then I was like, you know, the, 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 the joke in the, in the group. Then at the end of it, one of them said, say, you know, he said, well, you know, Joseph, it's good. Then I said, what means it's good? He said, you know, when, 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 when Aussies treat you like that, means they treat you like one of them. Right? That's how we are when we are close with you. When we like someone, we, are, we, we tease one another. But when we are very formal with you, means we are not very interested in you. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. And then they are, that's about it. Right? But when, you, when we rope you in and we tease you, and then, you know, they say, you never tease us in return. Right? Why are you so formal with us? They say, this is how we are. Is it true, eh, Aussies? <laughs> or they were actually lying to me. But well, I felt better. But in my heart, initially, I said, wow, why are these people like that? So we can jump to conclusions. That is what I'm saying, right? At home, between siblings, in school, and especially in church. We can jump to conclusions, and then, well, we hold grudges. Because it's charity, someone who is charitable is like that. Uh, it's nothing, and you just forgive, all right? Don't jump to conclusions. That's the worst. That's the worst. Uh, being critical, being always suspicious, um, that kind of situation. Now, then, now, what else? What is the characteristic of love covereth a multitude of sin? What is some of the characteristic? Now, is someone who is compassionate, right? Someone who is compassionate, someone who is understanding, right? Helping the other person to repent, helping to their person. So you're understanding. You help the person to overcome sin, right? Now that is that is true love, right? That is true love. Now, I want to then actually ask question number two. Now, what does it not mean? What does it not mean? But maybe I stay on this for a while more. So, siblings at home, when you go back after tonight, all right, are you going to change at home? Those that are often needing someone to be charitable to you, you need to change. All right? You need to change. And those who get easily irritated and, and it's always friction at home, upset and all that, God says that's not how the spirit should be among Christians, alright? You should be charitable, forgive, ready to forgive. Now let me ask you something. In church, in church, okay, I hope that you look up. Now you are the next generation of adults in this church, correct? Those of you who may be going home, you'll be the next generation of adults in your church, in your home, where, wherever you go back to. Now, can you imagine if we hold grudges with one another? Maybe over here, maybe over here, something happened. But you're going to grow up as the next generation, correct? But already you start to 
not talk to each other now. When you grow up together, what do you think will happen? Maybe I come to the next, uh, next Jennifer. What do you think will happen? The church will be very divided, right? Now, what, what would you do, actually, to divide the church? What, what behaviours will come up? You ignore the person. Ignore the person is, is, the, is the least... It's a bad thing, right? But it's the least problem of the bad things, right? What, what, what do people do when there's this kind of animosity, unforgiveness? What else? Spread rumours. Very good, right? You don't like someone else to like that person, so you spread rumours about the person so that people will be your group, right? Now, can you see why God says to the, to the strangers and pilgrims, now, have charity among yourself. Why? Now, can you understand why? Uh, maybe i ask the next person. Veronica, why? Why do you think God says, now, you must have charity to these strangers and pilgrims? Why? Based on what your sister said. They'll be in unity, right? They are being persecuted, correct? They are being persecuted. Now, if they do not have this kind of attitude towards each other in their homes, in the church, now what will happen? They, they won't help each other, alright? They won't help each other spiritually. In fact, when they see someone else being persecuted, they may feel very happy, correct? They may even spread rumours about the person. They even may even tell the soldiers where to find this family and persecute them. Correct? So, now Satan knows that this unforgiving spirit can destroy Christianity. Understand that? Although they were persecuting them. Now, the Christian must realise that as long as we have love, as long as we are forgiving, we will be strong. Right? Satan knows that. Um, he can cause disunity, unhappiness, and then he can now destroy Christianity, correct? Now, so what is the best way to destroy the church? What is the best way to destroy the church? Next. Fightings, right? You fight because you are unforgiving, correct? You won't, be, you won't forgive. So you keep finding ways and thinking of how to get back at the person. Now then what will happen to the church? Disunity. When, they, when there's disunity in church, what will happen to the work of God? Abigail. It will slow down and eventually stop because people are just fighting with one another instead of focusing on serving God. Correct? So that is why God says there must be this kind of charity among you. But now we have to, um, we have to, Understand this before we move to question two. Now, does it mean forgive? Or maybe let's move to question two. Question two. Now, what does it not mean? What does charity covers a multitude shall cover a multitude the multitude of sins? What does it not mean? What do you think, Elisha? What do you think it not, does not mean? Not sure. Is it, what what do you think it should not mean? Not sure, a bit difficult. Grace? What should it not mean? Okay, not sure. Anna? 
Yeah, letting people off without any consequences for well, that's a very strong way to say alright multi- covers um, charity shall cover the multitude of sin doesn't mean let people off without consequences now why why do you say that because the whole point of charity covers a multitude of sin to help the person get right with God correct to, ha- to help the person get right with God is it helpful to always just say I uh, forgive uh, you stole my pen uh, I forgive you keep the pen Right? You stole my handphone, I forgive you, I keep the handphone. Alright? There must be something that helps the person to get right. We've got to stop committing that sin. Correct? So, that, so it does not mean that you forgive and don't help the person get right with God. Now, do you think we like to forgive without dealing with things? Hazel. It's a lot easier to forgive and just don't deal with things. Why, Hazel? You don't want to be the bad guy, right? So this, when God says, charity shall cover a multitude of sin, it does not mean that we don't do anything after forgiving. But we don't like to do anything. Because when we do anything to correct the person, to help the person, the person don't like us, correct? If we just say, I forgive you, the person will like us, correct? It's easier to do that. So this does not mean that you just ignore and just forgive and then say, oh, forget it. Well, some things, yes, we say forget it. But when you realize that, well, this is not good for that person spiritually, then you must not just, well, I want to be the nice guy and just, just say, never mind. Actually, this happens, do you, does it happen at home where you did something naughty? You went to apologize to daddy, all right? Then daddy says, ah, never mind. Uh, uh, it's forgiven, never mind right? then daddy go tells mommy hey mommy, you better discipline this child you know, you know this child, yeah it's forgiven but this child need to learn why does parents do that sometimes? because you don't want to be the bad guy right? let someone else be the bad guy but, but we know that something needs to be done so sometimes there are things that need to be done well we need we need to do it so this does not mean that, it, that we just ignore everything and all the time. Now, but what else does it not mean? Does it mean that, now please be clear, this does not mean that we forgive when it's doctrinal errors. You know, doctrinal errors means there is wrong theology, wrong doctrine being taught. And then we say, ah, just forgive these people and let them do whatever they want. Let them say whatever they want. They say that the Bible has errors. Let's be united, all right? Um, forgive. Forgive so that we can be united. Now, this doesn't mean that. This doesn't mean that at all. That kind of things, well, you must, you must deal with it. It's not for you to forgive. Now, this forgiving very often is when it's personal against you. But they sin against God. They say God is a liar. It's not for you to say, I forgive you. It's all right. Keep saying that. All right? So, definitely does not include that. Now, what else does it not include? What else does it not include? What do you think? Actually, try Jemima. In church, for example. Jemima. Can't think of anything. Jillian. No. <laughs> no, really, suddenly. Um, Tang Thai. In my opinion, I think it should, it should also mean that 
Okay, well, it should not be fake. Okay, yeah, it should not be fake. Um, but other things that we should say, uh, let's, let's, for, let's forgive in church, let's forgive and let's cover it up. Uh, now you get a hint already. Back to you. Yes. Covering up. Covering up. Covering up things are But God just say, cover up. Very good. When there is a crime committed. So, for example, the treasurer of the church or the pastor of the church embezzled money. You know it's embezzled? Take church money for his own use and don't tell anybody secretly, like steal church money, alright? Use it for own use. Now, is that a crime? That is a crime, understand that. It should not be some, or let's just, what, people embezzle millions of dollars and they just, ah, let's, uh, the Bible says, love, charity covers a multitude of sin. Wow, this is a multitude of a million dollars, but let's cover it up, alright? This is a crime. And now what are the crimes? If someone molests someone in the church, you can say, ah, tell the parents, charity covers a multitude of sin. Ah, just, just, just cover it up. It's a crime, understand that? Certain things are crimes. You cannot say, you use this verse to say, well, charity shall cover a multitude of sin. Now, this is one of the big errors in many churches today. Embezzlement, um, rapes, molest cases, and all that. And then they say, well, as Christians, we must learn this principle. Cover this sin. Now, that is wrong. Remember the Bible says, what, what about the elder? What does it say about the elder? The elder that sin. Well, bring witnesses to him, and if he refuses um, to repent, then rebuke before all. Means public rebuke. There are some sins that require public rebuke. Did God say, well, cover the multitude of sins? No. So please do not misunderstand this to mean um, the wrong things. Alright? Please don't misunderstand this to mean the wrong things. I just want to be clear about that. Now, next, one, next question, right? Next question. Um... Now, actually, maybe I'll ask you this. Uh, if, if you forgive, alright? Because now God says, love covers a multitude of sin. Charity covers a multitude of sin. It, mean, it doesn't simply mean forgive and then don't do anything. You must do something to cover the multitude of sin. Correct? You must do something to help the person. The whole aim is to help the person. Now, when that happens, um, when you don't do something, do you love the person? No. Correct? When you don't do something... Is it self-love? Back to here. Is it self-love? When you don't do something, you say, ah, forgive. And then just, just, but you know that if you keep ignoring the problem, the person will keep doing the same sin. And it's not loving to them. Not loving to them, but who are you loving? I guess if you <coughs> not wanting to get yourself into trouble. Right. If you don't want to offend the person, and you say, love covers a multitude of sin, and you, it's self-love. You love yourself. You want the person to like you. That's all. You don't want problems for yourself. That's all. Alright? So, do you realize Christian love can be difficult? Now, but I want to come back to this question number two. What does it also not mean? Now, it also does not mean, uh, thanks for someone who raised up, it's not something fake. Not something hypocritical. Now, do you think people can be Oh, I forgive you, but you know the Bible says, love covers a multitude of sin. I must help you. Alright? I must help you. But actually, the person wants to take revenge. <laughs> Can it be? Yes. So when you say, well, I must help the person, 
please don't do it out of revenge. Some people are like that. They do it out of revenge. Do you understand what I'm saying? Out of revenge, say, La, I need to help you. But they are vengeful. Now, what about helping another Christian? All right, Because Janelle brought up a very important point. Love covers a multitude of sin. doesn't simply mean someone sin against you. But there is someone who's living in sin. You must show charity. You must go to the person and help the person to stop sinning. Correct? This verse means that as well. Okay, please remember that. Now, do you think people can abuse that? Come to the next one. Nicole, do you think someone can abuse that? Wow, you know, love, charity shall cover a multitude of sin. Then I see CP in, 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 some, in something that is sinful. Uh, I must go and help CP. Do you think people can actually do it out of wrong motives? Like what motives? Very good. To look good in other people's eyes, right? To, to look like I'm holier than CP, right? And then go around telling people, Janelle, you know Janelle? CP uh, is in this scene, you know? And you know, the, we learned on last Friday uh, that, that charity shall cover a multitude of sin. So, you know, I'm helping, helping CP on this. Yeah, we can do that. So please, don't interpret this verse, I must help someone. But it is all the wrong motives, alright? Now, what do you think a genuine person who, who what would do when charity covers a multitude of sin? Gen, uh, next, CP. What a genuine person would do? So, I guess, like, firstly, make sure that um, when someone has sinned, you really, like, truly always want to show them God's word, want to point them to God. Alright, first, you, you really want them to understand from God's word, point them to God so they will change. Alright, what else, Janelle? <laughs> Check with them. Check with them whether it's really a sin. Okay? Assuming it is. Assuming it is. Someone who is who, who exercises charity covers a multitude of sin, what would the person not do? Right? Won't be won't be public about it. Won't go around, you know, you know, CP is in this sin, you know, we should help her and go around telling about it. That is nothing to do with them. For for example. Now, so we must we must be careful to say, yeah, charity covers a multitude of sins. To help someone else to get out of sin, we must check our motives. We must check how we do it. Okay? Um, now, for example, if someone fell into certain sin before they were saved, should you keep bringing it up? That was before they were saved. Even after they were saved, why do you need to bring it up? Is it such that you can never bring it up, Justin? All right, but sometimes do you need to bring it up to someone? Okay, maybe they want to be deacon or elder. Okay, this person had this sin, and then you know about it, then you cannot keep quiet about it. You bring it up because there is an important reason. And bring up to who? Bring up to bringing up to uh, CP. Bringing up to the relevant parties that needs to know, correct? There must be the right motives, there must be the need for it. Sometimes it is to protect the church, alright? For example, okay? So, yeah, sometimes there are these things, alright? So we, we must understand the principle as well. Doesn't mean that we can never bring it up, never say anything, but sometimes you need to warn others to protect um, the church. Um, yeah, alright, so now we go to question number three quickly, alright? What must I do 
after I forgive even or even helped the person. What must you do? Not bring it up to others. We covered that, right? So after you've forgiven the person or if you help someone, don't keep bring don't bring it up to others. There's no need to. Now, can you imagine? You for, uh, Christ, Christ forgave you of all your sins, correct? Right? So go to the back, alright. Uh, JB, Christ forgave you of all your sins, correct? Then every time you meet Christ, alright? Every time you meet Christ in heaven, say when you're in heaven, then Christ will say, hey, JB, you remember your that sin? I forgive you, you know? And JB, you know you did that? Uh, JB, you know because of you, look at my hands. The hole's still there, right? Now, do you think Christ will do that? Of course not, right? So when God says love covers a multitude Charity covers a multitude of sin. It means, now, when you have forgiven, the person has sinned against you, you have forgiven, and the person has repented, you don't keep going to bring it up again and again and again. Right? Whether it's in your own mind or towards the person. Right? So this is one of the things that Christians must learn. But sometimes people have repented, they have changed, um, and that's good. That's what we want. You help the person already. If the person still doesn't repent and all that, then yeah, sometimes you need to bring it to the next level to get help for the person. Now, question number four. Now, what must you remember when others... What must you remember when others... Ignore the who, right? Others fall into sin. Now, what must you remember when others fall into sin? So, God says, be forgiving. So, at home, at home, alright? Uh, Enoch is acting up again. Alright? Then Anna said, Enoch is doing that again. Okay? Now, when God says charity... Um, um, shall cover a multitude of sin, that attitude. Then he said, we look at a person who falls into sin. Now, what are some of the thoughts that you must have? Oh, so I'm still there, so I won't come here. Alright, next. What are some thoughts? Maybe you, you notice your JB, alright, your brother. Ah, keep falling into this problem. Alright, how much you view JB? If your heart is, charity covers a multitude of sin in attitude. How will it help you to be a person who, who has this charity that covers a multitude of sin? When you see someone fall into sin, how should you think about the person? That will help you. Not too sure. Uh, uh, Joshua? Say again? I could be the same. Right? I could be the same. And probably in many areas of my life, I have my areas that I fall into sin. Correct? In other words, well, don't have a judgmental attitude. Right? In your heart, realize that you're a sinner. The person is a sinner. What you want is to try to help the person. Your brother at home. Your sister at home. Right? So, remember that. Well, that's the one thing. Well, the other one is, well, sometimes everyone goes through different different phase of maturity, right? Someone is growing spiritually still. Someone is still growing spiritually. So you who are more spiritual, you must learn to bear and help the person, right? Not write the person off and say, ah, this person is hopeless. So please remember, charity shall cover a multitude of sin. It's someone's heart who says, I, I want to help the person become better spiritually. That's why you cover a multitude of sins, right? You want to help the person get better, and you are genuine. You are genuine, okay? Now, so yes, so remember, everyone is still growing spiritually. Now, the other one is, um, 
Okay, now must you always try to get justice? Must you always try to get justice? Means you do this, I deserve you to do that in return for me. Must you always say, then you must do it? Well, sometimes we say, well, we are forgiving. Now, for example, remember um, um, Mary, Mary was, we studied at, at um, we studied at Teens Era. Mary was pregnant, correct? Joseph, what did Joseph do? Did Joseph say, let me bring her publicly and shame her? He could do that. But he said, the Bible said, he decided to put her away, put her aside privately, correct? Does he have, is his right to do that? Yes, he has a right to make it public. But he was someone who exercised charity, shall cover a multitude of sin. Remember, at that point, Joseph didn't know it was from the angel. But yet he was still very, um, he would not exact justice for himself, right? So sometimes we must learn. Um, in fact, we must always learn to be like that. Now, question number five. Quickly, I need to finish um, these questions, right? Because we, need, we are going to camp, I need to finish this one, this series, this part. Now, question number five. Now, what are some typical negative responses when we do not have such kind of charity? When we don't have this kind of attitude? Well, number one, I give you some ideas. Huh? Now, you have to check, am I like that to my sibling at home? Am I like that to people in church? What are some negative attitude that we have? Well, I think one of it is, just now we mentioned, we spread gossips. Right? We spread gossips. So, be careful of that. If you're someone who love to spread gossip among the university students because you don't like someone or among the teens well the person may really have done something wrong but if the person others don't need to know they don't need to know all right unless they need to know for some reason right so we we, we spread gossips now what else do we do what else can we do well we well we take revenge we take revenge do you take revenge at home those who have siblings. Do you take revenge at home? Abigail. Sometimes. I <laughs> see. I love this age where you're very, very honest and we should be honest all throughout our age. Now, yeah, sometimes I take revenge. So does it mean that you have forgiven? No. When you take revenge means I don't have charity that cover a multitude of sin, right? So never take revenge. My brother broke my pen. I will I will break his pencil box. I don't know, right? Whatever you do, I don't know what it is. So this person did this and I'll do even more. So, this is not how we ought to be. Remember these strangers and pilgrims again and again. Eh? They are supposed to help each other. Okay? Now, so what else would you do? Maybe I try move on. Justin, what else do people do when they don't have this spirit? Hmm. Don't have this charity, don't have this spirit where we are forgiving and we, we want to help the person and we don't want the person to, to actually um, um, continue in trouble. Alright, you don't care that they don't, they don't conti they continue in their sin, you don't care. No, worse than don't care you. Huh? You're happy, right? You're applauding. You're, you're happy. You're happy that the person is in trouble. Remember God says, charity shall cover a multitude of sins. And you know he is sinning. Instead of helping, you are very happy. Good. Now the person is, has more consequences. Well, siblings, are you like that at home? Right? 
your, your brother and sister get, get punished, or they, they, they broke your pencil, and then as they're running, they fell down and they broke their leg. When you chase them, and say, yay! Right? Now, that is how we will be when we don't have such spirit. Right? So, please have the right spirit as Christians at home and in church. Okay? Because if you're like that at home, you'll be in church like that in church. Now, question number six. Question number six. Now, what is fervent charity? Nah! Okay, quickly, we have only 15 minutes left. Alright, fervent charity. Now, what is fervent charity? Because it doesn't say just charity, but fervent charity. Now, what is the meaning of fervent? Now, fervent here means stretch out. Stretch out. Alright, you stretch. You stretch out. Um, now, it means you extend, extend yourself. Okay, extend yourself. Now, you go out of the way. Now, this is what it means. It means there is an earnestness, a, a real um, desire to help someone. That's why it's fervent. All right, it's fervent. Now, when people sin against you, does it stretch you to forgive someone? Some things are easy to forgive. All right? Well, you said something to me, I, I get upset. But it's not that, not that bad. But some things, maybe they really insulted you very badly. Alright? You know, what will insult you the most? Alright, it's your turn now. What will insult you the most? Think of it, whatever. You don't have to say, alright? What will insult you? And then you think, okay, that. And then, and then um, your siblings said that to you. Okay? Maybe they say, well, um, Enoch, uh, you're very skinny. Alright? Then you feel like, ah, so insulting. But it's okay. Alright? But they say, Enoch, you look like a teet, whatever it is, right? You look like a teet, and wow, that one really, really upsets you. Now, this is the mind of fervent charity. Understand that? Now you have to stretch yourself to forgive. Understand? So it's not just charity, but some things will stretch your patience. Something will stretch your tolerance. Something will stretch you, your, your, your long-suffering, all right? Your forgiveness. So God does not just say charity, but fervent charity. Okay? Now, um, okay, then I ask you, why do you think, um, that's the next one. Alright, so question number seven, alright? So that is the meaning first, alright? Now we apply it. Question number seven. Now, question number seven. Now, um, Actually, let, let's stay at number six. Huh? Let's stay at number six. Now, recently, I, I witnessed, um, well, some, some Christians, well, they, they were, they, they, they were, uh, they, one thought that the other one offended him, and then it was very, quite ugly, all right? And very, the Christians were very angry and all that. Now, I, I, I was very um, conscious that this person, this, this other Christian was really exercising fervent charity. So this, this Christian A was accusing Christian B of doing something against Christian A, right? So Christian A was very upset and then well, accusing Christian B of a lot of things. And Christian B was feeling, I really did not do it. Honestly, I did not do it. This is false, okay? Now, but Christian A doesn't believe and then Christian A tell Christian C and then Christian C also think that Christian a, Christian B did it. So it was, it was very unhappy. But I, I watched this Christian B. He was very patient. Alright? And 
And he said, why do you did it? Why do you say that? And he said, no, I did not say it. But his attitude was always, always one. Now, let us, let us resolve this, alright? Now, he's the one being falsely accused. So imagine you'll be stretched one day. You are falsely accused, alright? And then the people keep saying that about you. But what is a person who has fervent charity? I saw that. This person only wanted that, that situation to be resolved, the misunderstanding to be cleared up. Now, why do you think this Christian want to have this resolved? Because charity shall cover a multitude of sin. You accuse me falsely. I know. You is false. Alright? And you even tell other people about that. And it's false. And this Christian simply want this to be cleared up. So that, and this Christian so that our brotherly friend, our brotherly love will be restored again. And then we can serve God together again. Alright? Instead of having a split among them. Do you understand? Charity, fervent charity. Have fervent charity. Because charity shall cover a multitude of sin. When your focus is to cover a multitude of sin, means your focus is to restore fellowship with God, them, with God, and among ourselves, so that the work of God will not be affected. I forgive. Even though I'm the one who is falsely accused by everyone, my focus is very clear. Now, I want you to understand this verse. It is a Christian whose focus is very clear. I want this person to get right with God. I want this person to get right with me, with each other, that our Christian fellowship can rest, be restored again and we can serve God together effectively again. If we don't, then we can't serve God effectively. Satan will cause all these problems. Right? Now, that is why these strangers and pilgrims must understand this. If there is this kind of misunderstanding or even real problems and they don't forgive and they don't work together, well, they, Christianity will have a lot of infighting, correct? Now, back to the home and church, back to the home. So at home, you are falsely accused by your sibling. And your sibling even went to your daddy and mommy and falsely accused you. Maybe intentionally or unintentionally, alright? The person also misunderstood. Or maybe the person really want to get you in trouble. Now, how, how does a Christian who exercises fervent charity behave? You do not behave in a way where wow, you will scream and shout and fight, fight. Okay? Maybe ask. Okay, siblings, alright? The two wear the same color ones. Alright? Now, so, so, now the other way, alright? So, Matthew falsely accused you, alright? And then, and then you didn't do it, alright? And, and whether he was trying to get you in trouble or whether he, he misunderstood. And then daddy and mommy comes, Grace, come here. You know, we told you not to touch the thing and now it's broken. Right? But you had nothing to do with it. But your brother said that it was you. When you remember this word fervent charity and charity covers a multitude of sin, how would you respond? Explain it wasn't you. But what tone would you use? Gentle tone, right? Gentle tone. Um, what else would you would you? And then, then, then Matthew came into the room. How would you respond to Matthew? Take out your shoe. <laughs> what do you do? What do you say, Matthew? What would you do when Matthew walked into the room when your daddy and mommy is scolding you? Act normal. <laughs> What's normal? 
Huh? Be nice. Alright, so your normal is nice. So that's good. Alright, you, you act normal. Yes, exactly that. So now you understand this first. Fervent charity. Have fervent charity. Have charity is not good enough. You need to have fervent charity. Alright, so it's like that at home. Now what happens if, if, if Matthew and you, because Matthew was wrong, and then you get mad, and then after that you hold a grudge. Now what's going to happen as you grow up together? Yes, yes. When you when you exercise fervent charity, you have a good bond together, right? And when you have a good bond together, what would be you'll be very useful to God, right? You can serve God together, help one another spiritually, correct? Alright? So so this is how it is. Now it's the same in the church as well, alright? So now, that's why, do you think this verse is not relevant to you all? I think it's more relevant to your age, alright, than to the adults downstairs. Because you're at an age where you tend not to control your temper, you just, you just um, hold grudges at this age, alright? You're still maturing. So, I think this is more important for your age than the adults downstairs. It's, uh, it's applicable to all, right? Okay, so, so now you must remember the word fervent charity. Have fervent charity. When you're about to boil up, have fervent charity. Alright? Now, ultimately, it's important because if not, it will affect your Christian walk. It will affect the other person's Christian walk. It will affect your work for God. Alright? Now, question number seven, quickly. Now, why do you think God says, why should God use, say, a multitude of sin? Why does God say a multitude of sin? Wait, who's next? Okay, Veronica. Why does God don't don't why don't God just say have fervent charity? Charity shall cover uh, cover sins. What well, multitude of sins? Why? Why do you think God want to use the word multitude? You know what's multitude? A lot, right? Why? Not sure. Okay. Why do you think God wants to say charity shall cover a multitude of Veronica's sin? <laughs> Why? Why God was a multitude? Yes. So God reminds us it's a multitude of sins. We must forgive multitude of sins. We must be patient. We must be long-suffering about multitude of sin. Why? Because there will be many sins that will keep happening in our lives from different people, maybe even from the same people, from the same person. You forgive, try to help the person. All right? So, multitude is to remind us that, well, it will happen, it can happen often. It's not only, well, you know, my brother did this, I counted six times this week. My sister did that, I counted seven times this week already. And then you start to say, how many times more before you explode? But God says, no, multitude, multitude, alright? Multitude. Remember, Peter came to the Lord and said, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times, then Jesus said, I say unto you, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Why seventy times seven? You calculate whatever it is, I should have calculated. Is that what? Beyond seventy times seven, the plus one, you explode? No, alright? These are numbers, seven, especially in the Bible, refers to completion, complete. So God says completely. Not just com not seven, but seventy times seven was <laughs> very completely. All right. So now 
the brothers and the sister will irritate each other more. <laughs> no, all right? So it's not a license to, to be bad. But this is what God says we should be. Now, I'm going to ask your parents, has, have you changed after tonight's message? Right? But actually, it's more important, God knows. God is the one who says all this. God wants you to change. God wants you to change. This is the Christian, the kind of Christian God wants you to be. All right? Now, next one. So, seven, so it's, it's, yes, it's going to be very often. Now, question number eight. Why does God say among you? Look at question. Above all, have fervent charity among yourselves. Why don't God just say have charity? That's all. Why among yourselves? Why do you think so? Uh, wait, who's next? You. Okay. Why does God say among yourself? Because this will happen between Christian brothers and sisters. Yes, it will happen between Christian and brothers and sisters even. He's exactly talking about Christian brother and sister. Alright? Alright, so that's one. Please don't think that Christians are perfect. You should know. Even Christians can have all these problems. You need to be patient, forgiving, um, but must make sure that we deal with the issue. Now, Anna, why else? Why else does it say, have patience among you all, you and your brothers and your sister? Why does God want to single and say, among you all? Why do you think so? Can you imagine? Let me ask you, is it easier to forgive um, Jennifer than to forgive Grace? Be honest. Yes, right? Yes. Now, that is exactly what God is reminding us. Among yourself, those closest to you are the most difficult for you to behave like that. Do you agree? Grace, are you, are you very hurt now? <laughs> My sister is more willing to forgive Jennifer than me. Maybe you are the same. Is it easier to forgive uh, Phoebe, uh, Elisha, then Enoch. You probably say yes. The closer you are, right, the more difficult it is. Hence, God used the word among yourself. So this really starts at home. You exercise this fervent charity in your home, behave, this kind of behavior in your home, you will be the different Christian in church, among Christians. Alright, so God reminds us. Now, is it, it's always easy to forgive someone far away, right? Someone from another church. Sometimes people are very close to other church people. But they're not clo close to, to our own church people. Why do you think so? Why do you think so? The answer is simple. Those that are close, you tend to hold grudges. You see more of their multitude of sins. Do you see a lot of multitude of sins of a person in another church? You don't. Right? You don't notice as much. You're even more likely to see nice things. And even if they have multitude of sins, their multitude of sins are far away. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't, doesn't irritate you. It doesn't offend you. Alright? So, now, so God says, among yourselves. Among yourselves. So, learn that lesson. Alright? Now, then the last one, and then we finish. Question number nine. Now, why is such love, such charity important above all? Now, look at verse eight. And above all and above all why do you think god says above all have char fervent charity now look up here so far peter tell them submit to government submit to all the submission right so far peter tell them now love love those that are your enemies okay now all those things now then now he say above all peter is not saying that 
sharing the gospel. People, Peter is not sharing standing for the truth is not important. But he said, above all, while you stand for the truth, when you're willing to die for the truth, you know, when you will not deny Christ. Now, on top of this, you must have fervent charity. Why do you think so? You understand my question? So Peter just encouraged them, don't give up. Be willing to die for your faith. Don't, don't give in. Don't, don't run with them. You know, stay firm to, your, to, your, to, to the Christian walk. But he said, on top of this, above this, have fervent charity. Why do you think... We're back here, right? No, here. I'm lost. I just start here. Hazel, why do you think this is so important? Very good, right? It's back to what I said earlier. Internal fighting is what will kill them. The external attacks stirred by Satan, the external persecution cannot destroy Christianity. Only the Christians themselves who hate one another, who hold grudges with one another, who won't forgive one another, who won't help one another when they fall into sin, that is what will destroy Christianity. Remember, Christianity is under attack here. These are strangers and pilgrims. So why does Paul Peter say, above all? You can defend the faith, all right? You can be very theologically correct. But if you are, you are a Christian in church, there is political, there is, they have agendas, there is, there is trying to do this and do that. Yeah, and all that, you know, bring people to your side. All these kind of factions, unforgiving and all that, that is what will destroy the church. Remember that. Now, if you have any, any um, um, unforgiveness in you, Satan will make use of that, exploit that. Okay? Now, maybe I ask, are you very close with Janelle? Now, imagine if you and Janelle, I noticed that, so I'll ask you, right? It's very rare to see sisters say, this is whole hand and more. <laughs> right? So you're very close. Now, can you imagine if something ever happens, and then that, that and, and, and your whole grudge against one another, what will happen to Christianity among, in your home, yourself, your home, and the church? Be destroyed. Can external people who laugh at you for being a holy Christian, can that affect Christianity? Not as much as internal. Yeah, not as, so much as internal. So you see, Peter just talked about all the external attacks, but he said, above all, this is very important. So now you know how important it is. Now, young ones, is it important to be forgiving towards your sibling? You must learn that spirit at home. If not, one day you will never become that kind of Christian in church. Understand that? Because it's the closest ones to you that are the most difficult to forgive and, and, and forget and help, right? It's always the closest. But if you are, above all, if you have this kind of fervent charity, your Christianity at home, your own Christian work will be very strong. Understand that? Okay? So please, please change. If you're very always arguing at home and all that, please change. You must remember, have fervent charity. Okay? So now that is the main thing. Well, question now. So the, the testimony is very important. Now let me. Uh, I say one more thing. Okay, I say one more thing. Now, what else do you think is important? Uh, next, uh, Jemima. Why else? Yeah, besides that, it will destroy. Now, why else? What about? Why else? Must they must have this kind of characteristic to the world? Why? Because otherwise, um, 
people will look at questions Right? God's name will be tarnished. You say God is a God of love. You say God forgive you. And you ask me to believe in this God, God will forgive me. But you don't forgive each other, right? When you say all these kind of things. Now, in other words, the second thing right in your question sheet is, why it's important? Because of your strangers and pilgrims' testimony. Because of your testimony. Right? Because of your testimony. Now, why do they not deny the faith? Why are they willing to die for the faith? Or just to die for the faith? No, it's so that the world will know Christ. The world will know about this God, correct? That's why they say we must be willing to die even for the truth. Now, so when you preach the gospel, now can you imagine, so look up here. Now, can you imagine one of the strangers and pilgrims, all right? Now, the neighbor. So the, so the Roman soldiers came and want to persecute them. Where is your neighbor? All right? They say that Jesus is God and, and, uh, and uh, Nero is not God. Where is your neighbor? All right? Then the neighbor said, No, you don't tell us, then I will kill you and your child. All right? So Nico said, oh. Then Nico said, My neighbor is hiding behind the tree. All right? All right? CP is hiding behind the tree. All right? Then, then the Roman caught CP. All right? And, and CP, we, are, we will kill you. Okay? And then after that, they say, Ah, CP. You look quite cute, right? We let you off this time, right? So they let you off, all right? Then after that, after that, then the Roman soldiers as they were going away, and then and then CP comes to Nicole, Nicole, right? Nicole, ah, uh, Nicole, I understand you were afraid, all right? I, I forgive you. And Nicole felt very bad after that, right? Nicole said, "I'm so sorry, you know. For a moment, I was afraid, right? CP, would you forgive me?" So the Roman soldier is looking. CP, would you forgive me? Nicole, then CP hugs Nicole, say, "Don't worry, you know, I forgive you." All right. Now and then after that, the Roman soldier said, oh, "What is happening? Why are Christians like that? If I were the what, I would have took a knife to borrow the Roman's knife and kill Nicole. But why are they like that?" Then after that, say. CP, why, 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 how do, why do you behave like that? Nobody behaves like that. Then CP say, I want to tell you about the love of Jesus Christ. God forgive me, and now that I have no of that love, that forgiveness, so I forgive. I, I, I forgive because that is what I've experienced. They say, would you also want to believe in this God? What do you think the Roman will say? Yeah, I think I want to because no, this is not normal. Right? Only God can make this change. But if she fight, oh you, let me pull out your hair, that kind of thing. And after that, hey, let me share the gospel with you. <laughs> what would they say? Rubbish, right? So now you understand, you can die for the faith, you can preach the truth and all that. But above all, this testimony of yours, of God's forgiveness, God's willingness to forgive and God help you to overcome sin. Now that is the most important testimony that they must see. Understand that? So that is why they must have this. Now, same at home. If you and your siblings are fighting and all that, then you want to share the gospel. I want to share the gospel with you. Can you come to my church? Then they hear the pastor preach about God's love and everything, but they know that you and your brother and sister at home are fighting all the time. Will they want to believe in Christianity? No. But they say, wow, these brothers and sisters, they are so loving, whole hands, right? And they're so forgiving, right? They help one another. They say, I really want to have such a home, correct? So that's why it's above all, above all. Okay, so remember that. Okay, so question number 10, the last one, how do you respond when you feel you cannot? 
Can you say you cannot? You cannot say you cannot. Because I know you go home tonight, you feel very uncomfortable. Now I must be nice to my brother. Now it's be my, nice to my sister. You feel uncomfortable? You find it weird? You find it weird? Chris? Well, God says, this is what you must do. You ask God to help you. You be like that. God will help you. Alright? Now let us turn to God in prayer.